0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. Um this is uh yeah, I'm joined with Brad Harcastle
1: as always. Brad, how you doing? I am extremely hot. It's a mega heat wave here in Oklahoma.
0: It sucks, but that's summertime. How are you? I am doing well. Um yeah, it's uh it is heat wave here as well in Toronto. Um it's hot as hell. However, where I record this podcast, it's actually very cold. So if you hear some dripping, that is, I've set a humidifier up beside me because last time we recorded, I i could have swore to God I got COVID afterwards. That's how bad my throat was after our podcast. I was like, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting the COVID. I did not. I just uh, had recorded a two-hour podcast mm-hmm. in, a, in like beyond frigid temperatures. Mm-hmm. Because our AC's out of whack, and certain areas of the of our living area is uh, colder than it should be. Okay, so uh, let's get into the news this week. Also, we're recording this on some different software. Just doing a little test. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully it works out, and then we might use this a little more going forward. We'll see. Okay, so the news this week. There's some. Interesting news. Um, Well, first of all, we should say that Kenya Omega is going to be facing Moose at the Impact um, pay-per-view this weekend. I can't remember the name of it. It's Against All Odds, I think is what it's called. Uh, Yeah, I think so. And his match is actually taking place at Daly's place. I don't know if there's going to be people around the ring. I don't know what's going to be happening there, but that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm going to watch it. But I will, uh I'll sure, look into it after the fact. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, um, it might be even tonight when we're recording. Record oh, it tonight. could be tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I know there's a takeover as well. Yeah, there's weekend. a takeover tomorrow. So I imagine okay. Impact
1: probably want to do it tonight.
0: Okay, so Impact would be tonight then. So that's fun for people who are into that. Um I'll, I'll look into it after the fact. Because generally, even the Kenny Omega matches in Impact, it's just not the same for me. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's not my jam, but for those who like it, that's amazing. And then the other news that we had is Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer has Observer Observer was reporting that uh, it looks like Tommy and is heading to AEW. Obviously, they cannot confirm that, yeah, um, because of the ninety-day contract hiring freeze scenario that they've got going on but um that's interesting and uh, as well apparently uh there are some people in wwe who are pushing to get alistair black back with the company at this point i don't see that happening yeah i don't think so either i think he's gonna enjoy his freedom he's been
1: streaming like every night on twitch something he couldn't do in wwe so he seems to really be enjoying doing that yeah
0: he called the last two years with the company a slow death, <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that's pretty damning. Yeah, he had um, nothing
1: negative to say about the people, it just his, he didn't yeah. seem like he liked the experience that much.
0: He even said that he really liked working for Vince. <laughs> he said that his relationship with Vince was very was very positive, but just that he just wasn't used, <laughs> and he Vince would always tell him that his ideas were great, and this is a everything's uh good everything's kosher and then it it wouldn't happen so yeah and he said he's looking forward to having the shackles off and i agree that it will be uh he'll live and die by that
1: yes wherever he goes if we can get
0: corpse paint tommy indigan
1: i will be a very happy brad so that's all i, I mean want in life.
0: we likely are at some point he <laughs> said he doesn't want to redo any of the same things but we'll see and another person who uh some information is coming out about This is coming from uh, Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful. He is reporting that Samoa Joe looks like he might be heading back to NXT. Um, saying that uh, people in WWE are trying... Essentially, people in WWE, they're trying to sign him to NXT. And that will be under multiple roles. So I don't know if he would like that. I don't know if he wants to go back to NXT. And this isn't... An- Again, this is not a confirmation at all, um, but uh, that's uh, that's interesting stuff as well, because I would have thought that he would not want to be there, considering uh-huh. how they relegated him to the announce booth for so long. Yeah. Maybe back
1: at NXT, they can use him better for his strengths.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it, it does make some sense, because he... Um, Finn Balor I've heard again I don't really watch NXT but I've heard that they are going to be he's going to be heading up to the main roster at some point reasonably soon or that's the way it looks so Samoa Joe would largely fill that veteran role Mm -hmm. if they wanted somebody to come in there and fill that spot so there would actually be a a hole for him to to slide right in if that's the way they wanted to go so those are two uh interesting guys that look like they're I mean you can't say they're off the market because they they haven't officially signed anything and in Tommy N's case he can't sign anything but um it looks like they might have a handshake deal until that time comes so that's that's very exciting yeah I'm sure they can't
1: say anything till the 90 days are up
2: Mm -hmm.
0: okay so let's get into this uh into this dynamite i thought this was a much better show than the week before
2: yes i thought it I was
0: um
1: enjoyed it quite a bit even though i started it late and i fell asleep watching it but i was hanging out with uh my in-laws before the show and my nieces and nephews wore me out and i just fell asleep watching the, the show i watched the rest of it this morning when i woke up
0: but <laughs> that's funny um yeah, I thought uh that was not nearly as boring, even though some of the some of the wheels kept spinning a little bit, but we know why that is. They they just essentially had three straight recorded shows mm-hmm. that they had to fill before they got before they get to the live shows. And then that's essentially gonna be a whole new era of AEW going forward and that's very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, they had the old
1: setback, it kinda of felt nostalgic even though it's only been gone for like two or three weeks I felt felt kind of warm to
0: be back at the old setup the pandemic setup <laughs> it's it's funny like it's it actually is quite aesthetically pleasing to the eyes mm-hmm. the uh the old setup so I actually kind of liked it more than let's say like last week's with the crowd noise and the crowd atmosphere I like the live crowd setup mm-hmm. but when the crowd isn't electric when it's not like fire energy I actually think it did uh, detracts a bit. Yeah. At least at Daly's place. Cause it's a unique setup. Mm-hmm. Once yeah. they're in an actual arena. Oh my God. That's going to be the best.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whenever they go back on the road, I wonder if they'll still do the two tunnels. Cause I remember before they just had the one tunnel, but I wonder if they'll do the
0: face heel tunnel even on live. Well, I think they had the, the face heel tunnel at the other stadiums, but at Daly's place, they couldn't do it because of the layout that's true. Yeah. I think that's what it was, but I I remember them debuting it I think on the road before. So we'll see. I just but hope... I know they didn't have it last week for the for the live mm-hmm. shows. I just hope since they're going to be in Texas they'll come up to Oklahoma after they spend some time in Texas. Oh, they'll, they'll definitely go to Oklahoma. They have to. Yeah, JR probably be putting in good words. Yeah, he'll make it, he'll make it happen. <laughs> All right, so this first match, I thought this was really good. This was Christian yeah, like and Helico. I mean, of course this match is going to be good. These are... Uh, and Helico is probably the most underrated worker in the company. Mm-hmm. I mean, we actually had two of the most underrated workers in the company on this show, which yeah. is nice. I'll talk about the other guy later. Um, Christian was Christian. He's great. Um, what were your thoughts heading into this one? Uh, this was
1: a really good match. I liked it a lot. I, I love watching Helico wrestle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it... I didn't realize that Hardy had paid uh, the hybrid two off. I think I had messaged you too. It's like when did they team up, and you said that they had uh, teamed up. So that's that's cool. I'm glad they uh, are getting some storyline because they're both great. So even if they're just lackeys, it's better than not being on TV. But absolutely, this match was killer. A lot of fun, really technical. I liked it a lot. What'd you think about it?
0: I thought it, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I I really enjoyed it it It's always cool when you see uh christian face off against uh technical wrestlers because that's not really something that he had to do when he was with w w e or t n a um so it was cool to see him face off against sight l and it was really cool to see him face an helico because this is this is not a combination that we've ever seen, and it's something new for christian cage um I really liked Angelico's Helico's mean streak in this match, like he was mean. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was, he was targeting the limbs, specifically the shoulder uh, and uh, the arm of Christian. I thought that was really good. Um, he had like, he was just targeting it with ruthless intensity. Um, Christian, he had his, his brand of veteran savvy wrestling on full display, which he needed in this match. Cause there's no way he could actually like at work or, out wrestle and helico, there's there's no there's no way. He's just yeah. too crisp and too clean. Um he he get countered out of his boots. Um and he was out wrestled for the majority of this match. Um and that's the way it's been for most of his matches, honestly, which I've kind of really enjoyed the Christian cage formula in AEW. Um yeah I like that he's always
1: and commentary played up to like he has wrestled in six years, and like so he's always he's outworking
0: people, but he's getting outworked in the process. If that makes sense, yeah, he's like, like he's outthinking them, and he's going into his bag of tricks, mm-hmm. yeah, like in, into his like going deep down into his big well of experience to uh, to think of ways to beat these guys. And one detail that I absolutely love came from commentary on this. Um, Christian hit a big diving headbutt. And and it was J.R. who he's seen diving headbutts all through his career, and almost all of those guys have had their careers derailed due to mm-hmm. in large part to moves like this. And he said, "If that diving headbutt was ever barred, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have hurt feelings." Yeah, and that was cool. This and is wasn't the uh, latest um, Vice show about. Yep. Dynamite Kid, yeah, yeah, so exactly. There you go. Like the perfect. I don't know if they did this on purpose. Mm-hmm. If they planned to, it's have just this perfect timing. move. <laughs> yeah, it's just it was a perfect storm. I was like that. This is really good. And also, Christian needs to be careful because the reason why he was gone for so long was concussions. Mm-hmm. And he went out there, yeah. And we we've seen it with Benoit. We've seen it with Dynamite Kid. There's other guys who have done it that have... He said that was some of his issues, Brian Danielson from his diving headbutt days. Yeah, like almost everybody who used that as one of their primary moves has had the consequences of it Mm -hmm. crop up later in life. So I thought that was... I really liked the commentators being able to put their real opinions onto the broadcast, into the into the show. That doesn't always work, especially with JR. Sometimes he's like, I don't know about that shit. Barbecue <laughs> shot. But uh, this was good in this case. I thought it added some nice realism to it. It showed the, the danger that these guys are putting themselves through. And Christian, in this match, he was able to... He had his arm worked on the whole match, and it was like... It was hanging at his side at the end, but he was still able to get the kill switch with the damaged wing for the 1-2-3. I thought it was really good, and then Evans and Hardy came in afterwards. Um, he was able to beat off Evans, but Hardy hit him with the Twist of Fate, and then that brought in Jungle Boy for the save. Um, yeah Some people seem to be excited for this uh, Christian versus Hardy match. I'm not. However... Seeing it in front of fans is going to get a huge pop. Yeah, it, it'll be
1: that nice nostalgia pop from mm-hmm. it. But they, I don't know what they can do. Yeah. <laughs> like, Chris Chick could, like, he could still go. And Hardy, like, I, I still like watching Hardy, but he's not what he used to be. So, And I don't want him to do, like, an extreme ladder match or anything. Because I don't no. want to see either one of these guys taking insane bumps or anything.
0: Not at all. That would be an absolute mistake. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So it, I'm interested to see where they go. I know Hardy's last big, high-profile match was actually very good, and that was the one against Darby.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So he still has a little bit in him, but we'll see. Like it's it's sort of like he has to rely quite a lot on the other person mm-hmm. to to help elevate it. And with him, with the two older wrestlers, I'm like, oof, this is gonna be, yeah. This is going to be tough, especially... And Christian's been also relying on the people that he's facing to look like the older man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this that. would be um, like AEW's first like
1: veteran-veteran match. Like their first real... Their first two inductees into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it'd be two veterans that... Because usually the hot, they have veterans there, but usually it's like young guys versus veterans. So this is like veteran-veteran style match. It's kind of cool. But... And also another thing, like Jungle Boy's been coming out a lot by himself. Like we haven't seen
0: Luchasaurus or uh, Marco. They're definitely separating him,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which uh, we knew they wanted to do, but they wanted to do it with fans.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They've always positioned him as the next great star. Oh yeah, yeah. And they he's got licensed music and stuff, and so yeah. Mm-hmm. But
1: mm-hmm. Now the fans I are really gonna, like, it. definitely going to push
2: him.
0: Okay, then they show. Normally, I would talk about this at the end of the podcast, but I think it. It's significant enough to talk about early on because some matches were announced throughout the card. So they have uh, the July seventh through July twenty eighth shows, which we've heard are all live. This is their their welcome back tour that they're doing, but they have them all as like the mini pay per view events, which mm-hmm. is funny. They essentially just slapped a name on each of the episodes, but that's fine. Yeah, the first one in Miami is called. Road Rager, which is funny because it just kind of sounds like drinking and driving. But. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like like J- Joey Janella needs to host this night or something for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Milker mommies, did yeah. you did you hear about that? Yeah, <laughs> fuck me. He's been doing uh like big mommy milker's bit with Alex Marva on on Dark for a few weeks, and it is it is R rated and it's <laughs> very funny yeah hearing hearing Marvez say there were so many jugs, so many, <laughs> so many jugs. It's just too much okay so the next event is Fighter Fest Night one and then Fighter Fest Night two, and then the last one is Fight for the Fallen at the Bojangles Arena in Charlotte, North Carolina. That one is significant because I believe they sort of subtly announced a big tag match for that for that event. I'll talk about that later, but I believe the FTR versus Santana Ortiz match is happening there because it's happening in North Carolina. Yeah. And
1: it would be nice. It's Kenny's first time to be able to go to North Carolina since they started doing that. (laughs) It would be funny. He goes, goes, uh, North Carolina, and they all boo him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Fighter Fest Night 2 is uh, the day after my birthday and in Garland, Texas, which is like four hours away from me. Maybe I can. Ooh, you should go
0: try to go for my birthday or something. You should go and then do like a little, how was it to be there live? Yeah.
1: Maybe. I have to talk to my wife, but you know, Yes, all all our married, all you married people are in serious relationship. People know what they can't just (laughs) go
0: out on a whim. (laughs) No, no, you cannot. Okay. So next we had, um, Tony Schiavone. He brings down, he calls out, uh, cody down to the ring but he gave the wrestling world a collective heart attack here cuz he comes out he says i have cody coming down to the ring and next week he's going to be in a tag match against the against the factory with brock anderson yeah, he knew exactly and, what he was doing and everyone shit their pants mm-hmm. um and i'm I'm actually super excited about this because I, I love second and third generation wrestlers. It's just part of wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are like, Oh, it's nepotism. I'm like, ah, not for me. For me, it's just, it's just the way wrestling works. Like if, if Brock can work,
1: then I w- won't even look, but if he's terrible and they keep pushing him, then that's, that's the only time it needs to be brought up. Oh, if, if he's, if he, if if he's he can Ted work
0: DB, then... if he's Ted Dibiase jr. Then yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah so he announces that cody's gonna be with brock anderson and cody comes out with brock and Arn, and brock is dressed like he just came off a yacht <laughs> yeah. um he looks ridiculous and he's also standing there with his arm with his hands on his waist on one side of the ring and art Anderson was standing there with his hands on his waist on the other side of the ring. They look like mere images of each other. It's really funny.
1: Yeah. Brock looks like eighties Arn Anderson to the max. Like they even have the same kind of thinning hair a little bit. Like it's, it's pretty crazy how much he looks
0: like his dad. It's awesome. I loved it. Um, yeah. And I swear to God, I've seen a photo of art Anderson wearing almost that exact same look Mm -hmm. before, which is good. Um, so uh we have Brock and Arn, they're flanking uh Cody and Tony. And as I said, they're st- they're standing <laughs> in that in that way. And Cody, he's talking about how how our fathers, they've set such high standards for us, um, like really high expectations. And he he mentions that uh and he's he's really excited to get revenge on his loss to a go-go the week prior, and then QT interrupts, and he's like um, actually, Cody, I'm the one who beat you. I beat you all alone in that ring. There was no one around. Fair and square, yada, yada, yada. And and obviously, again, I think this is building towards QT versus Agogo down yeah. the line. As soon as he came out
1: and said that, I was like, oh, Mike, Mike was right whenever he said this last week that it's going to be about QT yeah, a go- and Agogo. A
0: Agogo's going to knock him out for sure. Mm-hmm. And... And I like that he called out. He called out Cody's nepotism. He says like, "Oh, here is Cody again with the nepotism and the pyro." He's like, "He's like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna lower Brock down from the ceiling." Yeah, I like <laughs> that. That made me laugh whenever he said that. Lower him from the ceiling. <laughs> and uh, then QT ch- challenges Cody to a match in Miami, and he said that he's going to whip his ass. And he's like, "No, I'm literally gonna whip your ass in a South Beach strap match in Miami," and I'm like. Okay. I mean, I don't really want to see this feud go any longer, but I'm this always here at the
1: end of it. The strap I'm always match.
0: here for a slap for a slap match. Yeah, a slap
1: strap match. match. I wonder if they'll um, do where they're both tied to the strap,
0: like it's one long strap, or if they just both have a strap. I think they should both just have a strap. We've mm-hmm. seen two tied to each other matches already, and the last one didn't go very well. Yeah so i think they should uh i think they should leave that but i think they should have straps but you never know i don't know maybe that's part of it um yeah so cody says you know you know what let's do this right now let's have our strap match now and they both start taking off their belts And Aaron's trying to hold him back and QT comes in the ring and he cracks Aaron right between the shoulder blades Mm -hmm. with, with that belt. And he goes down and, and Brock Anderson tackles QT and he starts hitting him with some really nice worked shots. Yeah. His uh, double leg takedown was good too. I was like, okay, Brock's got some shit here. Mm -hmm. Um, He knows how to, he knows how to, do the convincing mounted punches. I'll give him that, which that one indie wrestler against, uh, Dustin that one time could not
2: <laughs>
0: with the dark order. So, <laughs> yes. I'm, I thought that, as I said, I thought this feud was sputtering as the longer it went on. But again, I, I like seeing these second generation talents. I like strap matches. I'm, I'm willing to give this a shot. Yeah. Me too.
1: We'll see who did they say who they're facing next week in the uh, tag I think match? It's
0: solo and um solo I don't it's probably remember. solo and Camarado. So. I have it I have it later okay. in the uh on the uh the graphics later when we when we talk about what's next coming up. Okay, so the next match we had pack and penta along with kingston versus the young bucks and cutler and this match was so good this was yeah, this was a lot of fun and all the praise i heard from this match afterwards and i totally agree with it was there was so much storytelling in this match but and it was told through kingston he was brilliant at this and it wasn't Kingston with the other team that he was telling the story. It was Kingston with his own team,
2: specifically
0: mm-hmm. him and Pac. Yeah. Before yeah. the match, they showed a they showed a little promo where Kingston, he's saying the enemy of my enemy is my friend. He's like, even with my former best friend, he slaps uh, Penta on the chest, Penta and nods. And then he's like, isn't that right, Pac? And Pac won't look at him. He won't look at him in the eyes, and he just storms off. So he's obviously not ready to forgive and forget their previous feud. Um, Which is yeah, cool, because
1: uh, a lot of times in wrestling, uh, when they team up old rivals, it's like they just forget about that <laughs> they used to just beat the shit out mm-hmm. of each other. So now I'm glad that Pac is remembering. It's like, I still don't trust
0: you. but That's that's one thing with AEW. Nothing's ever forgotten. these mm-hmm. w- As they when they say wins and losses matter, it's not just the records. It's that they remember these losses mm-hmm. or they remember these wins. They remember, like, even uh, Kingston and Moxley remember their battles, like, in the indies, mm-hmm. which is cool. Like, everything everything has a shared history, which is cool. Um, yeah, so the Bucks come out for this match in their Cheesecake Factory gear. <laughs> and Cutler is in full young boy with the face shield and all, and he was an absolute star in this match. Yeah, he, make, he was cracking me up this whole match. I feel like this is a star making role for him in <laughs> uh, in a, in like a Jar Jar Binks way, and it's really <laughs> yeah. funny. Um, as I said, there was all kinds of story in this match. Um, we had the the surface level Death Triangle versus, and like Death Triangle versus Young Buck storyline, which is sort of Lucha Bros versus Young Buck storyline, which I think is going to lead to a match between those two teams mm-hmm. for the title very soon at one of these five shows they have lined up. And then we have Pac and Kingston and having a lovely reluctant relationship. Um, Pac wanted... Nothing to do with Kingston, despite Kingston's best efforts, Pack refused to tag in with uh from Kingston at any point in this match until one um absolute desperation hot tag where he was forced to tag Kingston uh near the end of the match, so that was perfect. They dragged it out. he wouldn't tag him in, and he finally did, and Kingston went in there and just lit the world on fire. Kingston. Eventually, he got packed to work cohesively at one point, which I really loved. Pac's going for a going for his own dive on the outside, and Kingston stops him, and he says, no, 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 no. you and me, together. We, we're doing this together, and Pac goes, okay. And then they hit tandem topes on the outside, and Then this <laughs> is essentially what takes out the bucks and allows them to get the win over um over Cutler, who's left alone on the inside. Um, I think that this will likely result in a feud between those two of them eventually. Like, I think Pac is eventually going to turn on Kingston soon, and then they're going to have a little feud with each other. And Kingston's probably going to win and then face Kenny, but you never know. Um, Yeah, I think all of this was told with the expert blistering tag action from the Bucks that yeah. only they can bring. And it's funny because really the talking point of this Bucks match was not even the Bucks, which is fantastic. Yeah, as Cutler, Cutler was cracking me up, all the shots to his face and stuff.
1: And even before the match, like on Twitter, the Bucks changed their bio to talking about how like this all relies on Cutler and stuff. And then after the match, they put, damn it, Cutler as their bio. Yeah, and the, stuff. They're
0: saying, this is your chance, Cutler. Don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah, he took every kick was to cutler's face (laughs) like every kick that was every kick that was thrown the person would duck and it would hit cutler or (laughs) the kick were aimed at cutler um the end of the the end of the match was uh cutler got hit with the hurricane back fist from kingston (laughs) right in his broken orbital bone for the one two three post-match the good brothers ran down predictably um making their presence felt this brought out Frankie Kazarian. He cleared the ring and then Kingston points Kazarian over to Cutler, who's still standing in the ring, looking like a goofball. Um, He gets taken out by Kazarian and then they have the, the four faces standing in the ring. And you can see it's Kazarian Kingston um, pack and Pentagon. And like, okay, So we're we're likely going to see... I was thinking we're likely going to see a four-way match. It's actually going to be another trios match next week. This time, however, it involves Kazarian on their team. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I just... I really like that they have Kingston, Pac, Kazarian, and the Lucha Bros all swirling around each other. And they're all just circling the Elite. And we don't know how they're all going to pair off. Mm-hmm. In different ways going forward. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I, I like it when stories overlap. Like this and stuff. Yeah, AEW does that a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they tend to. Not follow through on everybody. In these scenarios. I think Pack has fallen victim to that. A couple times. Like you know where. He, Phoenix, and. Uh, who was it? And Archer were all circling around was it kenny at one point i don't mm-hmm. remember who it was and then eventually like once the pay-per-view hit it was like oh pack doesn't have a match and archer doesn't have a match yeah or and it was like oh why were we doing that then mm-hmm. so hopefully they can uh they can capitalize on that maybe that's why kazarian's there to give somebody a match um okay so the next segment we had uh a film by Michael Kurosawa. <laughs> and this was essentially the propaganda conspiracy video meant to show that Orange Cassidy intended to use the crooked refs to screw Kenny out of his championship. Um, they they put subtitles in to cover up what the uh, what the refs and uh, Don were actually saying, which was kind of funny.
1: Yeah, whenever the crowd was chanting F you, Don, they were saying thank you, Don, like the subtitles were <laughs> yeah, written, thank you, Don. It, it was funny.
0: It was, mm-hmm. it was cute. It was short and um and then we it cut to an inner circle promo and i thought this promo was very good especially compared to the previous week it starts with uh fdr accepting the challenge laid out by santana ortiz and as i said based off of dax's references to fdr being from carolina I believe that this match is going to take place at the Bojangles arena on July 28th. I think you can pencil that in. Obviously it could change and I could be wrong, but he's been leaning into being from North Carolina for, Mm -hmm. for a week now. Um, He was complaining that he and Dax weren't included in the, uh, the Twitter graphic for the, uh, for the North Carolina show, so he photoshopped his face onto onto every <laughs> single wrestler. I didn't see that; that's <laughs> hilarious. So to me, it's like, okay, this is their way of saying that's when it's taking place, and I really like that. This was fantastic Jim Crockett style. A fantastic Jim Crockett style promo from Dax. He talked about putting food on the plate of of his children and his family, and how the pinnacle is as successful as they have been within this feud because they are a family and not a group of individuals cash then had a nice line where he said that he actually doesn't have a family so he doesn't care about uh he doesn't give a shit or a damn about the family of any of the inner circle members and he's willing to hurt theirs and i was like that's cool that is uh that's hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And then Spears grabs the mic and he starts cutting this unhinged promo on Sammy not being the conquering hero. How he's just a glorified indie wrestler with a blog and a fanny pack. And he's in the middle of screaming about how he's the hero and that he's not finished before Tully cuts him off and essentially tells him that he's finished. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like pushes him aside. It's like, whoa,
0: whoa, calm down there, bud. He's like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you are finished. Okay, Mm -hmm. move over. Let Wardlow speak. And then Wardlow speaks and he accepts Hager's challenge. He says that Hager needs Wardlow to bring the best out of him. He's thrilled at the prospect of going into Hager's world and proving once again that he's the better man in an MMA cage. And I'm quite excited for that, even though I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off. We will see. Then we have MJF, and he cuts just a scintillating promo. He talked about the pressure of being the best so young. He talks about how his first days in AEW, he he looked up to Chris Jericho, and he's really looking forward to working with him, working with him, working against him, tagging with him, all the above. But he's been let down, and he's been worshipping a false god. MJF then denies Jericho's match request. He says, that's not happening. And he says, I've beaten Chris Jericho twice. I don't know what I have to prove to him at this point. And then he says, he addresses Sammy bringing up MJF last week. And he says, Sammy, keep my name out of your mouth. This... He's like, you are not in my league. So essentially, this looks like this might actually be the final match, or maybe not. I don't know, but it looks like MJF is going to be facing Sammy first.
1: Yeah, that was that kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't
0: expect that for Sammy and MJF yeah. to go at it. I liked it, and I love <laughs> that. It's a it's a nice little wrinkle in this feud that I wasn't expecting. And yeah, I want that a lot more than MJF versus Jericho. I wonder if because we I've talked about it
1: here that Jericho his band's going on towards soon. So I wonder if Sammy's just going to kind of after Jericho leaves, kind of be the de facto leader of the inner circle. He could,
0: or yeah, maybe I imagine they're. I think they're going to, they're going to have to disband, I would think Mm -hmm. for a while. And um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's interesting to see how this plays out. I'm once again, I'm more interested in this now than I was last week. Mm-hmm. Just based off of seeing these pairings, like I am excited to see these individual matches, and they've made the MJF match a whole lot more interesting by have, by hinting that it's going to be Sammy. So I'm excited for that. Um, then we see Jericho. He pops up on the screen, on the screen, and he tells the Pinnacle that, "Hey boys, um, you don't say no to the inner circle, and as a result, you guys are going to be walking home tonight." and it pans out, and they're at the the Pinnacle's limo, and they start destroying the limo, the limo with sledgehammers and bats and hammers. Santana pops the tires with a, with a knife. And then Sammy sprays, and I had to double-check this. He spray paints El Barto yeah. on the side of the limo. Yeah, that made me laugh. And I saw someone say, like, oh, no, he's, it was El Barrio. No, I looked it up. It's a T. It's just mm-hmm. El Barto. Yeah, (laughs) which is really funny. Yeah. Um, nice highlight of the show. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, Hager, and then it zooms out again, and Hager's in a forklift, and he takes the forklift, and he gores that limo with the forklift, lifts it up into the air. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, "Oh shit, that's kind of cool." And I didn't know forklifts could do that, so that was fun. Um, yeah. So it was a little silly. But it was uh it was better than last week and uh I don't wanna say they've rectified it and I don't wanna say I still wanna see this feud. I still think they're they're booking it backwards, but mm-hmm. I'm if you list out all these matches coming up within this feud, and you can do them like once a week, even though yeah, we we are seeing one next week, so they could do it once a week heading into whenever. I don't know. Yeah. But uh yeah, I am I'm very excited for this. What are your thoughts on how this is going forward for the next few I months? I'm liking it. I I really liked I really wanna see
1: F T R versus um Proud and Powerful, which we've talked about that every week since they started feuding with each other. But also when MJF name dropped Sammy that got me excited, because I was like, Oh, I didn't even think of that. But it makes me wonder what they're gonna do with Sean Spears. I wonder if he's just gonna get so unhinged they just gotta kick him out of the group or something. Well yeah, I mean
0: <laughs> the in the horseman story is always that they kick out the weak link mm-hmm. and they do that over and over and over and they might be like hey you know what there's no five horsemen there's never been a five horseman mm-hmm. it's always the four horsemen and then they kick him out yeah the, yeah, the yeah. only thing with that is that you have to think that if they do that sean spears is done yeah he's got nothing left to do. (laughs) yeah once you kick him out of this group he's done this has Mm -hmm. been his saving grace so far because he's actually been quite good there but he can't do it on his own Mm
2: -hmm.
0: okay poor sean spears moving on (laughs) uh moving on we have darby and sting talking in their dark warehouse and i actually quite like this darby he's telling sting that or the, that Paige and Sky, they told him to choose a partner but he's not doing that he's going to go it alone he's going to go in a handicap match and he tells Sting I do not want you there I need to do this on, on my own and he's pleading with him to stay at home next week mm-hmm. and he's going to do it alone he's going to face the men of the year apparently that's their new tag team name which I kind of like yeah Um He's going to do it. And he was really believable and earnest in this when he was telling Sting to stay back and that he needed this. And I liked it. I thought it was, a, that was believable from Darby because sometimes when Darby speaks, it seems very stilted. This didn't seem stilted. I, I, I thought this was quite earnest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it
1: too. I didn't realize it was going to be a, um, uh, a uh, uh, handicap match. I thought it was a tag match,
0: but it was supposed you... to be a tag match, and he was supposed okay. to find a partner. But he said, okay. "I'm I'm not choosing a partner. My partner is myself." Okay, that which I was like, "That's a nice way out of this."
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: otherwise, you're just injecting someone else into this feud that doesn't really. The only person who would have worked would have been Archer.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't.
0: Yeah, that's really what I know. thought it was going to be, but. I don't, yeah. Now I don't really know what the point of including Archer in the storyline was to begin with. But but you never know. Maybe Archer comes out to save him after Darby dies next week. Who I knows? can see that too. Like they're beating him down and he comes out, makes a save. Okay, so next we had this. I think this was my match of the show, which is funny. I'm not surprised it was my match of the show. But like it's a, on paper, you're like, Okay, this is a weird one. This was Miro versus Uno. And these guys leading into this match cut two incredible social media promos. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm not going to go into them, but I recommend you look them up. There is some nice smart happy accidents happening in it. There's a there's a nice thunderstorm happening behind Miro during his. Yeah. And then there's rumbles and then in evil Uno's they clearly put in post thunder and rumbles in his. And he says at the end of it, he's like, I added the thunder in post <laughs> <laughs> at the end of his. It's very funny. But leading into this match, evil Uno cuts another promo in a vignette that again, like Darby's is so earnest. He talked about how, what Brody Lee meant to Uno over the past 15 years said so they were on the road together on the indies they shared their family's experiences with each other brody lee sent him photos of his kids they always kept in touch they were always very close and he said that brody lee was one of his best friends he says that winning this title would validate the 17 years it took uno to get to this point he wants to be he wants to bring pride back to the dark order and he wants to bring the championship back to the Dark Order for Brody Lee. And he, most of all, he wants Mr. Brody Lee to be proud of him. I was like, holy fuck. Like, Mm -hmm. this is really good. Like, it's incredibly heartfelt, incredibly earnest, and and extremely endearing for one of the bigger, like, misfits in AEW, Mm -hmm. which I thought was great. And to see where he's come since he Showed up and sat on that creeper throne, yeah, and got crickets from the crowd mm-hmm. and like chants of who are you, and like uh spooky perverts and stuff like that. To see where he is now, like, yes, this is fantastic. And with that voice, that voice just sounds like a friendly person,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And I love his mask, his mask is so cool, like with the teeth and all that stuff. It's yeah, it's it's really good. I loved it. And Miro wasn't going to let any of that happen. Yeah. Um, Miro said, Nope, I do not he, care about that. He was a completely overwhelming physical force. Um and he completely overwhelmed Uno physically, and Uno's no small man. Mm-hmm. Um Miro looked unstoppable. Despite this, Uno was able to use his brains and his craftiness to mount some improbable comebacks. At one point, he hit a uh, senton Atomico for a near fall, which was awesome. And then this brought out the rest of the inner circle to stand outside the ring in a show of support for him. And it was really cool, because they were just there to cheer him. They weren't there mm-hmm. to get involved. Negative One was there, which was really nice, because, again, that's Brody Lee's son. He's doing this for for the late Brody Lee, Uno responded by sending Miro face first into the exposed turnbuckle. Once again, getting a very close near fall. And my heart legitimately stopped for like a split second. I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, they might go for the huge feel good moment here. Like they might've, they might've pulled one over on us. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, shit, they did all this, this cool promo and all this thinking that, They were just going to tug at our heartstrings, but they're actually going to give it to him. And it's going to be like a a huge moment. And that was not to be the case. And Uno summoned the courage to channel Brody Lee. He did the the kiss and he did the discus lariat. He hit it and Miro did not move. Yeah, he just stood there like, what the hell? (laughs) The air completely went out of the building. The Dark Order, who had been cheering, went dead silent and they just froze and then miro drops uno with one thunderous lariat and he locks in the game over and as miro has his submission locked in uno is staring out helplessly looking directly into the face of his friends as they're reaching out to him and he taps and he's staring at negative one Bro, the late Brody Lee's son, as he taps out, and then Miro starts waving at them mm-hmm. from his inverted angle. And I was like, "This is fucking perfect." Yeah, like this is the most perfect thing I've ever seen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Miro, they've uh really turned around on him once he got out of the best friends feud. Like he, they've been doing it perfectly. Like it's been pretty awesome to see. And uh, he's one of the highlights of the show every week.
0: Like it was, it was almost perfect timing that somebody would call out AEW's use uh, on t- of negative one on Twitter this past week, and then have a W go out there and do that for the n- finale of this match mm-hmm. using negative one. And it's just, I was like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. I loved it. And then into a much less emotional angle was, I just have it here as <laughs> in my in my notes, Andrade is smooth as silk. Oh my gosh. This so, is amazing. Pro- it, like this video. is funny because Excalibur says, let's take a look at what Andrade brings to the table. And then it's literally just a video of Andrade getting dressed. I mean, <laughs> you don't really need anything else. <laughs> Like he he's getting dressed in the finest clothes, the finest silks, he's putting on all his jewelry, and he puts on this suit and it's a white pinstripe suit, mm-hmm. and then his word mark comes up and it says Andrade El Idolo, the face of Latinos. And it has me thinking that perhaps he might be a faction leader of a bunch of Latinos, which would be pretty cool. That'd be cool. Like I mean, I don't really want to see Santana Ortiz. Grouped back up again. I think they should be on their own. But you never know. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's some other guys here. I don't know because it it kind of seems like a dawn. If that makes sense.
1: Mm -hmm. Which then they want to L I J
0: over. (laughs) Oh god, could you even imagine? That'd be so nice. Okay, so then we had a Kenny Omega promo and. Kenny he starts out by uh he he wants to belittle jungle boy but he he says that so that you he, you overcame 20 people to get this title match but he says i've been overcoming a company wide conspiracy the whole time i've been with this company he's like honestly he's like i look at i look at jungle boy and i see somebody who's a lot like myself when i was younger but he's just missing one thing one tool and that one tool is guts and that's funny because clearly kenny's deflecting because if there's one thing that jack perry has it's guts mm-hmm. yeah like if there, <laughs> you could strip it all away and he would just be guts <laughs> like that's that's his biggest trait so then of course this brings out jungle boy he comes out to the ring and Kenny's dragging him saying like what could you possibly have to say you've never had anything to say the whole time you've been in AEW you're basically a mute yeah. and he challenges him he's like say one word say anything but say it quick and jungle boy just leans in casually and he grabs the mic and quietly says you talk too much yeah. and then they come to blows and they're they're exchanging blows, and Jungle Boy gets the better of them. He gets the advantage. He's about to lock him in the snare trap, and out come the Bucks to chase him off. And they have done a very good job here of putting some doubt in my mind as to, can Jungle Boy actually pull this off? Yeah. like They're doing a good job. They're doing they're a really good a job, because they, they're positioning it as the first live show after... Um. After the pandemic era ends, like it's, like it's going to be, the, the uh the last match of the last show in Daly's place in front of a live crowd, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh my god, might they pull this trigger and shock us? Yeah. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think it will be, but regardless, that atmosphere is going to be insane.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's what you want, even though everyone knows the outcome, you, you want that. Just a little bit of doubt. And then so that way when the near falls happen, you're like,
2: oh, 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 oh,
1: you know.
0: Yeah, they they built it. In a, like, it, w- it would kind of be the perfect time. Like, if they were like, okay, here's Jungle Boy. He's here to stay now. Mm-hmm. Because would be pretty nuts if they <laughs> built it up, but
1: it would suck for Hangman because it's obviously he's the big story. But
0: Yeah, there's there's just that doubt because at some point AEW will have to do a surprise title change Mm -hmm. because every single title change they've done has been predictable. Yeah, and I think they know that. Yeah, they're gonna have to do like a surprise one, and they're gonna have to put in a couple like quicker, shorter title reigns in there. Yeah, and but when that happens, we are going to bite. Yep, yeah, and yep. it's going to be really good.
1: It's gonna be good because they, they haven't done it and they haven't done it a lot, so that's they like, haven't done it ever. Well, it's yeah, ever, be, but yeah, it's yeah they, be so they've so shown good. restraint in that aspect of it.
0: Okay, so the next segment that we have is Jade, and I have, have it as Smart Mark Sterling because I like that name of his. But that's that, what they that, said on commentary, too. I like that. I was like, that's good. That that was his name that he went by before. It's a uh, Mark Sterling Esquire, but like how who he was before was Smart Mark Sterling. I like um,
2: that.
0: Yeah, and Sterling he he's with Jade, and he explains that they've essentially trimmed the fat off of Jade's brand, and they're they're cutting out all the freeloaders, all the hangers-on. He's here to make her the ultimate money maker he said that she's already a star within her first year and she'll be a household name within the next year. And Jade then says that the first thing she needs to do is capitalize on her catchphrase. And I loved when Mark said this, he says, yes, I agree. And then he refers to it as yes, absolutely. That B word. (laughs) (laughs) which is Like (laughs) he won't say it, but she will. And, uh, he says that they get residuals every time she says it. So he encourages her, please, please say it. In. And then she says, Um, that bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. He, like he's smooth as hell and he's perfect for her. Yeah. That's a, like such an excellent pairing. He's an excellent talker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a really great pairing. I like it. Uh, I'm glad that's who they went with and not like her being in a, a faction already because she's such a big star all by herself that she doesn't need a faction. And it, it, it's good to have her have some weaselly little guy because obviously she doesn't need him, but yeah, it's just, it's just good. And eventually
0: she can beat him up. Yep, which is, he's I a, fully he, expect what's going to happen. He's a trained wrestler. He can take bumps. So mm-hmm. that's good down the line. Then we had the Men of the Year. And this is Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They're talking about how Darby fell right into their trap. They laid the bait. Darby took it, knowing that he's a sensitive little child, and he walked right into the lion's den. And they're like, How dumb can you be? Mm-hmm. They're saying that they've already taken his title, and what they're planning on doing now is taking his mind. And they're going to do that after they beat him in that handicap match, which he volunteered for because he's a moron mm-hmm. <laughs> and love that. That's funny. I just like that. They, they outsmarted him knowing that Darby's pride gets the best of him. Um. Yeah. And then the next segment is uh, Archer murders a man. And my notes are <laughs> Archer murders a man. Yeah. And that's was, it. <laughs>
1: I don't even know how long he's in the ring for, but he destroyed this guy and then just walked out. He didn't even get his hand raised or anything.
0: Yeah, it was good. And um I get it it quickly makes Archer look crazy and like a a man possessed. I can I still don't know where they're going with him, but
1: which uh what we were talking about earlier Mar- Archer almost called a Marcher. Archer may come out and save him cuz this match came right after the the
0: promo. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like planting that seed in your mind. They generally do not drop things. So I am predicting that, yes, that is probably going to be the case, mm-hmm. that Darby's going to be laid out, and they're going to continue to be beating down on him post-match after he loses, unless he wins, which would kind of bury them a little bit. So Yeah, I hope they... you don't want to see people losing handicap matches like that. But <laughs> but I think they, be- they beat him, and then they continue to try and end his life, and Archer comes out to save him, because Sting's not there. So... There you go. There's the booking. We did it. Yeah. hires is AEW. I'm joking. <laughs> okay, and then we get the uh the wingman and they this is uh Peter Avalon, Cesar Bononi.
2: Oh, I can't remember.
0: The JD
1: Drake. JD Drake, thank you. Mm-hmm. they've been uh, called the Wingman for a while because that's an awesome
0: name for what they're For for a couple weeks now. Okay. And um And the Hollywood hunk. And Mm -hmm. they're there and they're, they're talking about Orange Cassidy. And they say that they offer Orange Cassidy a spot in their new wingman makeover program. Because quite frankly, he looks like a child. And they say that Cassidy can allow them to rearrange his wardrobe or Cesar will rearrange his face. Mm -hmm. and it's like okay this is simple and effective i like that jd's
1: still wearing that see-through shirt too
0: (laughs) was he wearing it underneath his jacket
1: yeah you could see it hanging you could
0: see it hanging there (laughs) that's that's really funny i like that a lot um yeah i like that this doesn't need a story it just needs a promo and then a match and that Mm -hmm. is just fine Okay, so then we have Nyla Rose versus Layla Hirsch, and I thought this was another very. Strong I love match. this match. This is the match I fell asleep on.
1: Like I didn't even realize I had fallen asleep. I just woke up and it was on. <laughs> it was on whatever they're playing. I think they played uh, Meet the Parents after mm-hmm. Dynamite last night. I just woke up and it was in the middle of that movie. I was like, oh, I fell asleep. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, this match was awesome.
2: Yeah,
0: this was really good. Apparently, there was some back and forth on Twitter between the two of them, with mm-hmm. uh. Nyla Rose making fun of Layla Hirsch's height. Yeah, and um
1: yeah. Which this match though, because I thought they were going to turn Nyla face after
0: what she did to Britt, but I guess they're just going to do heel versus heel. For... And yeah, Britt's Brit's sort of that cool heel. Mm-hmm. The problem is that if you put the cool heel versus the legit heel, you're pretty much turning her face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the problem they're going to run into. But
2: we'll maybe see that's what they,
0: they want to do. Maybe they just want to turn her back face. We'll we'll see what the, oh there's there's so many faces in that division though anyways I don't know we'll <laughs> see what happens, um. So Hirsch comes out and Nyla has left a little stepping stool that says like a uh, legit shorty on yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I didn't know what Vicky
0: had it for. like, what the heck did she put down? But then it all made a little sense. Stepping once. stool for her. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then Layla Hirsch picks it up and chucks it into the ring and almost hits almost hit Vicky with that it. that. Made me laugh funny. pretty hard too. That's funny. She um, threw that thing far too because it was like a plastic stool. Those things are very heavy. so Yeah, it it sailed. <laughs> um, and yeah, Hirsch is at her best when she is being stiffed by significantly larger opponents. Mm-hmm. That's why her matches in the indies against the likes of like John Silver were particularly compelling because yeah. it's John Silver being John Silver with his kicks and his power mm-hmm. and everything that's against little Layla Hirsch. It's really good. She had a series with him. And uh, Alex Reynolds, actually. And yeah, it allows uh, Layla to, yeah, It's essentially this was the energy that Nyla was attempting to employ in this match, which is to toy with her much smaller opponent. Um, it allows Layla's offense to look really impressive with her grappling while having Nyla repeatedly power out of it with feats of strength. So mm-hmm. they both end up looking really good there the skill of Layla versus the power of Nyla. And Layla had this, she had an incredible hope spot near the end where she hit a top rope propelled German suplex on Nyla Rose, which was so cool. And then she followed it up with a running knee and then her springboard moonsault, which she hit clean this time. She doesn't always hit that move. That's normally her downfall. Then, she got a near fall on Nyla from this, but Nyla was able to just reach the ropes, which was cool. She didn't kick out. She reached the ropes. It keeps Layla looking real strong there. And then she locked in her finisher, which was the arm bar. And Nyla, she, she powered out with like, almost like a big one arm power bomb, which was cool as hell. And then Nyla went for the draping knee. She put her on the ropes. She goes up to the top rope. And I thought that, Layla looked like she wasn't really on the ropes and that's because she was playing possum. Yeah. She hops off, jumps up. She counters it with a hurricane Rana or so we thought. Nyla stops the momentum and turns it into an avalanche beast bomb for the win. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> fuck. This was a clean match. Yeah. Like it was cute. everything was really cool.
1: There's one point in the match too, where Nyla did the, uh, Power up one arm thing and just slammed Layla into the ring bar- uh, barricade outside. Yeah. Which was awesome. <laughs>
0: just cool. Like, it was, she just looked like a marauder out there, mm-hmm. just slinging around Layla like she's a piece of meat. Yeah. Great. I loved it. I thought they both looked excellent in it. And, um, yeah. I thought they both looked super strong. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. Layla's really good.
1: Nyla's well. really good. Uh, it's, um, I've tried been thinking about this because I've talked about it a couple of times, like a female hoss. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's kind of like a female hoss match,
0: but <laughs> yeah, this was a match that was hinted at at one point, but we didn't get, mm-hmm. I can't remember why. I think it was for COVID for COVID reasons. I think Nyla got exposure to somebody mm-hmm. and had to back out of the match.
2: Yeah.
1: Those were the days. Remember those last year when you'd start setting up a match and be like, I got
0: to take two weeks off. <laughs> Yeah, completely throw everything off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was was the shits. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of Nyla, we had a a Brit Pomo, where Brit is taking shots at Nyla. She said, oh, Nyla, you looked really good flipping burgers. Maybe you should stick with it. And I thought that was really funny. Um, She calls out Nyla for poking fun at Layla Hirsch's height. She said, I would never stoop that low as to poke... (laughs) is to poke at somebody's height like that, which I thought was really funny.
2: Yeah.
1: They should just keep them both healed like we were talking a second ago and just have them try to outheal each other.
0: For sure. For (laughs) sure. Or maybe you turn Nyla face in the match. Mm -hmm. I don't know. know. She said that she knows that Nyla is coming for the title and she knows that she understands that because the title makes Nyla. Whereas Britt Baker makes the title just as she's made the division and she's making a whole new era in AEW as like nicely done. This was clean and mm-hmm. building directly off of the match she just had prior. I was like this is this is a really smooth transition into a promo and then transitioning the promo into their match coming up. I think that's great. We don't have an annou- have a date for when that match is coming, but I assume it's going to be on the road. Yeah, it's going to be
1: one of those name shows they have because
0: it's perfect for like night one or night two of fighter fist or even this Saturday show. They're really trying to build up as well. Yeah, that too. Okay. And now we are heading into the main event and this is hangman and 10 versus Hobbs and cage. And throughout this whole match, Taz is assuring us that everything's okay. Mm -hmm. He spent the whole match doing the propaganda work. trying to He's like, no, nope, no, nope, everything's fine. I know you can see the explosions behind me, but everything's okay. Yeah, like that uh,
1: Leslie Nielsen meme or whatever. Yes, like, yes, yes. Nothing to see here and everything's blown <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, this match was just a lot of beef, beef slapping. Yeah. It was really good. Great. I awesome. love Hangman. I like Cage and Tin, but I love uh, Hobbs too. Hobbs is quickly becoming one of my favorites in AEW.
0: Absolutely. This is really cool. All fur men look great. They're all <laughs> super athletic big men. Cage was out there doing lucha shit.
2: He yeah. hit a
0: 619, which is cool. Um, yeah, I
1: think I saw someone on Twitter post too. Like, I guess they were tweeting while they were watching it, Like,
0: did Cage just hit a fucking 619? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Starks and Hook come out at one point to make their presence felt at ringside, essentially, just to be there to fucking stir some shit up. Hobbs, at one point hit the most devastating crossbodies I've seen in my that life. Was so nice, it yeah, damn near depleted me on my couch at home. Yeah, you had texted me. Did you see that
1: crossbody? So when I woke up, I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to this." Like
0: <laughs> it was. And it did not disappoint. It, it was short and it was violent.
1: Mm-hmm. Every
0: man on the commentary yelled out at one point. And I swear to God, Jr. had an orgasm. Oh yeah, he's just like,
2: oh, oh, oh. yeah. <laughs>
0: It's like Jr. Is he okay? Someone check on JR. Yeah. Like, I think his, his hat blew off his head when that happened. <laughs> He's like Vince when he sees, uh, was it Stacy Keebler or mm-hmm. Trish Stratus? Yeah. That meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starks and Hook then, they throw in the FDW belt into the ring. Cage grabs it, throws it back out again, like the, like the previous week. Uh, Starks and hops up on the apron. Slaps the shit out of yeah. Cage, and
1: then and they... immediately started pointing at his neck.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then Cage just chases him, fucking into the ocean.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this <laughs> is <just>
0: gone. <laughs> yeah, he chases him out of the building, mm-hmm. and this leaves Hobbs in the ring now in a handicap match, and Taz is beside himself. He's apoplectic. Hobbs, he did manage. He did manage to get a nice near fall. He hit ten with a massive spine buster. But that was he was not to win this match. He's he gets cut down by ten hitting a a ripcord cutter into the buckshot Lariat. I really like how this implosion is happening for Team Taz. I think it's cool. Um I didn't necessarily think this match was like the most main event of main events that we've seen, but I thought that it moved the story along quite well and it was Yeah. Really funny. I I really enjoyed the commentary. I really enjoyed. It's it's worth it alone just for that crossbody. Yeah, the
1: crossbody is great. Good it's, God! For the like you said, the team task story. But it seems like since they've been doing these Friday night shows, they really put the bigger matches on the first hour, which makes sense. Yes. And then because they... like you fell asleep. It's yeah, bizarre. yeah. And I was fully invested in the show. It wasn't that the show was boring or anything. I was just I'm just an old man and I was tired, but. <laughs>
0: I mean, so next week's, even, next week's is Friday too. Yes, it is. Okay, unfortunately. Which I mean, fortu- fortunate in some ways, unfortunate in others, and we'll see when we look at this, um, at, ne- at next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the I think what is likely the main event, just because of how it's going to be taking place. So that's Hager versus Wardlow in an MMA cage. That's why I'm saying this is good that it's recorded.
2: Yeah. Because yeah, I yeah. don't
0: really know how you do this match with a live crowd. Yeah. I mean, obviously it would be like an MMA fight, but it's a whole new setup. Yeah. But, like back in the day when WWF did the
1: Lions Den matches, they had like it was like in a separate room in the building and then they just yeah. fed the feed out to the crowd. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this I imagine this one's gonna be kind of
0: cinematic too. Yes, and uh I'm looking forward to it. And mm-hmm. I think it's it's a match that can only be done recorded like that. So Yeah, for cool. sure. Then the next match we have Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus QT Marshall and Aaron Solo. Aside from Brock Anderson, I don't give a shit about this, but yeah. I'm super interested in Brock Anderson.
1: Me too. go Gogo's not even like listed on this graphic, so I don't know. Maybe you're back yeah, in England. But, but I, I mean, imagine this is what's going to open the show. Maybe he'll show up and knock out Anderson. Who knows? And maybe he knocks out everyone. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Camarado. Him and Camarado just need to team up.
0: Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> um, have you seen... I saw a picture of Camarado in his property of the Performance Center gear. And he didn't have the beard and he didn't have the hair. And he looked completely different.
1: I'm sure he doesn't even look like the same person. I got to find does these not, pictures after we're finished recording.
0: He <laughs> looks like Ethan Page. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so then next we have Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. This match is going to be really, really good. They've got mm-hmm. something special planned yeah, for this. So Yeah, Darby's going to
1: bump all over the damn place to
0: make uh, Sky and Page look amazing and like vicious heels. And we are on record saying that Archer will show up Mm -hmm. for the post match. Yeah, you heard it here first. And then we have Orange Cassie versus Cesar Bononi. Okay. (laughs) It'll
1: be it'll be fun. I'm sure because they have listed with the best friends and Chris Statlander and the the wingmen. So I'm sure lots of shenanigans.
0: It's just gonna be this will be funny. This will be comedy. It'll be fun. And then the thing I'm excited for the most is Andrade El Idolo. In a sit down with Jim Ross.
2: Yeah. yeah First yeah, of all, Jim like,
0: Ross. Get his name right. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Don't call him Andre the Idol this time.
0: <laughs> Andre, er, 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 help me out here.
1: Yeah. Unless they, <laughs> I mean, he could. They could have him say
0: it wrong again, and like, uh, Andrade slaps the shit out of him or something. Cause, yeah, Andrade's like, I am the face of Latinos, and I mm-hmm. demand that you show us respect. Yeah. He's like, Just you're racist, Oklahoma. Yeah. Gets up and. Hey, not everyone at Oklahoma's racist. I know, but there's dozens
2: of us that
1: aren't. I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> I know, I know, but just I'm playing up the character. No, no, yeah, you definitely do that because it it wouldn't be far fetched. I'll just say that. Yeah, it would but, be like
0: you. You show us respect, you you old man. Yeah, yeah, and he just slaps him, and but yeah, this this is probably going to be
1: the highlight of next week because Andrade is a, a freaking star and deserves all of it.
0: And then we have another six man tag versus Penta L Zero M. Eddie Kingston, and Frankie Kazarian, so no Pac. No Pac. But, Fra- but Frankie inserted in there. Mm-hmm. And then Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers, so no Nick.
1: No Nick, yeah. And then they've so, also got announced that Alex uh, Aberhintas is coming back out with uh, Pinta, so we haven't seen him in a while, and that's awesome because Alex uh, he's needs to be funny. on TV every every week.
0: Yeah, could you imagine? Like, I mean, it's not going to happen, but Andrade with the Lucha brothers like, like just nothing else needs to happen in life. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and he, do, he just doesn't need to speak. You yeah. just have to wave his hand and have them like, I mean, <laughs> I want him to speak. I want yeah. them to show him speaking because he can,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: he's clearly worked on it. But yeah, so next week's card is, it's interesting. There's some stuff that I'm really excited to watch. I imagine,
2: hmm,
0: I'm looking, so, so you'd have to think Hager versus Warlow closes the show. Yeah, I'd
1: say it closes, and then it has I'd, to. I'd which, say either Cody in his tag match or the six man opens. Yes, one of those two opens because probably I imagine the six man would open because that's going yeah, be it's got to be the six
0: chaos because it's got be to be clean. Mm-hmm. It's got to be clean. You can't open with a match that could be a little rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, and with, uh, we've
1: both seen it. Have Penta on TV more, have him come out first and his crazy get ups, and whoever's flipping through the channel stuff, like, whoa, what's this guy about? So,
0: okay, so based off of who is in that six man, you have to think that Nick Jackson comes out and then Ray Phoenix comes out, right? Yeah,
1: Phoenix or comes Pac. back
0: or Pac, yeah.
1: But I'd say if, if, if Phoenix comes back out, then it sets up what you're talking about a, a tag match between them because we haven't seen them wrestle each other in a while. and they were like the first big tag feud
0: at the beginning of AEW. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so really interesting stuff. Um yeah, so I think that I think that's it for us for this week.
2: Yeah. Um All right, I will bid you adieu. You guys have a good one.